Ready graphics? Ready theme? I mean, wouldn't it be, it would be a really cool podcast. You have Murphy Brown, the podcast, and just do things, do episodes you never could afford on television. Yeah, I'm in. Yeah. You know? And it'd be I'm a lot on. easier. We don't have to worry about makeup or <laughs> oh, wardrobe. Oh, yeah. That's my favorite part of podcasting. Oh, me too. We all don't have to be in the same room the way we did it on the Rugrats. It would be yes, a really I, cool I, podcast. I'll be props. <laughs> but season two was just, just so great. I didn't realize it until I looked at a list of the episodes yeah. we did. It's really good. And then Corky gets married at the end of season two. That's right. The temptations show up. Yes. Mr. Tom Seeley was the um, best man. Oh. He was in the wedding how party. How did I not notice that? Yes, he was with his white tuxedo. I'm so excited. To well, do- uh, Steve Peterman is the florist or the caterer. That's right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's right. And speaking of, which we didn't mention, is when I was rewatching um, Frank's appendectomy, you are in the montage at the beginning. Yes. As a possible Murphy mm-hmm. Brown secretary candidate. Exactly right. That is that is all I'm going to do as far as acting. <laughs> I am not an actor. I you look very know. eager. Oh, yeah. Well, they told me to sit up straight and look nerdy, I guess. I don't remember. But, um, that's probably why you didn't get it. She doesn't like eager. All, <laughs> that's, that is the extent of my acting right there. I love how there are little cameos. I mean, Diane is in it twice. Oh, I mean... Wasn't it Corby with the hair yes, in season one? Yes, still oh, in the background. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, so, you know, when they... Oh, yeah. When they would have a story and the little picture would show up on, on the camera, the camera, the picture would show up on the, the television, there was uh, a story about bad hairdos gone wrong, or and one, yep. and one of them's Corby. <laughs> oh, I didn't know uh, that. There's one of, I think, uh, <laughs> when they're talking about the gangsters, one of them's Barnett. That's in season one. Uh-huh, yep. Yeah. Barnett's a gangster. Um, yeah, no, it's fun to sort of, you know, point everyone and out. We've been extras in Phil's bar. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Times. I, I do appreciate that the um, that the full team showed up for Corky's wedding. That yeah, just yeah right. exactly it does. right. Oh, and then, I mean, this isn't a, in a cameo or anything, but Candace Bergen's mother plays the uh, mother of the groom in that oh, episode. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Yeah, what was her name? Francis. Francis, yeah. I just saw her in a movie. Mm-hmm. We were just watching a movie and she was oh. in it. And I said to Yvonne, that woman looks familiar. I looked it up and it was Candace's Yeah, I don't mom. think I've ever seen her mother in a movie. <laughs> and I can't remember what movie. I just, I'll, I'll think yeah. about it. Oh. It was a famous movie and I just can't think of what it Speaking is. Speaking of- um, Oh, American oh. Gigolo. That's what it was. Really? Yes. Really? Yes, yeah, she I plays was... one of the, uh, one of his conquests. One of his- uh, I was expecting you to talk about a black and white movie. No. <laughs> it was American Gigolo. <gasps> Hilarious. I have to find this. Yeah. I never knew that. Yeah. Well, uh, speaking of uh, Candace's parents, I'm reading the script for Brown Like Me right now because there's a lot of cuts. And there's a parenthesis action for Miles to do a Charlie McCarthy impression because his neck is stiff. <laughs> Did you guys plan a lot of that stuff to sort of, you know, like little probably. jokes? Probably. I don't yeah. remember oh, okay. it. But, but yes, probably. But Candace was always such a great sport. That, yeah, that's great to know. You know speaking about yeah. practical jokes, I mean, she is the one who introduced me and all of us to the laser pointer, you know, and I think it was season, <laughs> no, it probably was later. It was probably season nine or so. But uh, she, uh, I'm talking to somebody on the dark set and all of a sudden I thought I saw something red on my shirt. I looked down, I didn't see it, it was gone. And then I saw something else and 
and all of a sudden I see Candace smiling with this laser pointer. She was having so much fun with this little toy. <laughs> and it was pretty cool because the laser pointer has no, like a flashlight. It has yeah. no line. There's just a laser. Yeah. So I immediately went to Radio Shack and bought a laser pointer and oh, then no. teased my kids oh, when they were kids. little. <laughs> I was, th- was going to say, I have two cats. I know like the appeal of a laser pointer. Yeah. I, I was expecting <laughs> there to be like a laser pointer fight or something. Cause yeah. in season, ooh, like like lightsabers. Huh? Oh, like lightsabers. Like lightsabers. Oh, maybe. oh that not what I was thinking fun. of. But that that sounds fun. But I'll always go to lightsabers. Reminding <laughs> me, I mean, you weren't there, but in season three, there's an episode that starts with a huge water gun fight, and my understanding mm-hmm. is that that is based on something that actually happened. Oh. I know. So just that reminded what, me. Was that season three? Season three. So you weren't there. At one point, there were uh, garbage can shields. Like it got really bad. Yeah, well, that... Which sounds a little dangerous next to, I don't know, expensive equipment. <laughs> yeah. But a hilarious But there opening. was no better show to work on than that show because mm-hmm. everybody was... It was a family on the set, in the room. Uh, it was just the greatest experience you can imagine. And um, mm-hmm. it was just fun. It was just yeah. fun. And we had fun coming back. You know, it was just so much fun. It was heartbreaking that we didn't... Yeah. We couldn't continue. Mm-hmm. Something that we have noticed is that at the beginning of season two, there's a lot of freelance writers. There's like Diane wrote an episode, a bunch of freelance writers, you and Tom. And it's not really until like deep into the season where it becomes regularly, you know, uh, staff writer, staff writer, staff writer. And this right. includes um, uh, Denise and Sai. Yeah. Who, who end up becoming uh, writers on the show. Exactly. In fact, writers. we had thought that they were on staff for season two because they wrote so many episodes. Right. We were shocked when we did the podcast to find out that they were still freelance in season well, two. Well, Diane was really smart. She, These two writers were so fantastic. In fact, it was Sai who had the fake or uh, had the real Rob Lowe tape. He was going to actually bring it in that Monday and show everybody the Rob Lowe tape. And I said to him, see me first. And so that Saturday night. (laughs) This is so complicated. Yes. That Saturday night, I switched his real one for the fake one. Mm -hmm. Uh, But Cy and Denise came in with so many great stories. And Diane was smart. She said, you know, let's put them on staff. I mean, because to remind our audience, they went on to write the first season of Frasier. Mm -hmm. They went on to write Roseanne. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And then Denise and I uh, worked on the Rugrats. Oh, really? Yeah, so together we oh, wrote fun. God knows no, how many really? episodes. How was of, that going oh, from writing real people to cartoons? It was the greatest. It was it was actually my first <laughs> foray into animation, which I always loved. But it was also like writing for a single camera movie or show mm-hmm. because, uh, you know, obviously it was like a, like a movie. And uh, it was, next to Murphy Brown, the greatest job I ever had because uh, we were able to take those Rugrats who are now in middle school and... Uh, and see what what how they're thinking as as adults basically. Mm-hmm. Uh, so and and for us, you know, we were all always such Rugrats fans. To work with the same voiceover people who did them as babies was just so much mm-hmm. fun. And uh, and we had this great director in Charlie Adler who was just a filthy mouth uh, director when it came to recording the shows. Um, and for Denise and I, we were able to write anything. Uh, my mother had died and I wanted to do an episode about dying and I didn't know how to do it for children and then I was mm-hmm. working on one script and, Di- and Denise came in to ask how the script is coming and it was literally like a thunderbolt I said I think I know how to do the death story and so we did uh, we did an episode where Chuck Chucky 
uh, is bummed out because his favorite uh, comic book hero is going to be is not going to be drawn anymore. The artist is going to quit, hang up the pen. Mm. And so it was Chucky going through all the stages of grief uh, to say goodbye yeah. to this Armadillo Dave hero. And then, of course, the Rugrats try to stop the guy who's now in an old age home uh, to come back <laughs> and continue writing this this hero. So it was, we just had, and we were so bummed out. We did it for two years, and then Klasky Chupo had problems with Nickelodeon, and mm-hmm. so it became a business thing to stop uh, to stop producing it. So yeah, so I've known Denise a long time, but through Murphy Brown. Do you hmm. remember why there are so many freelancers at the beginning of the season? I don't know. Yeah, uh, Corby would know, and Diane would know. Yeah, uh, but you know what happens. I mean, they come in, they work on it, but unless you're in the room all the time, yeah, you can't possibly get the tone or the voices or yeah. the syncopation yeah. of this. Yeah, I, I imagine scripts. the script is. Very different after you know you guys have it for the week. I mean, not to get yeah. snippy, but sure. there was one freelancer who ends up winning Humanitas for really a script she didn't really write. Uh, uh, so mm, that's yeah. but that's television, right? Yeah, it's yeah. That's something that Corby has sort of taught us. You know, she's really very um, uh, precious, as she should be. Maybe precious isn't the word, but she really taught us. You know. Mm. Everyone in the room, the person's name on it, it belongs to them. And that is just the writer's code. And that is what you do because someone would yeah. do it for you. And so we always try to be really good about not saying who wrote other lines. Right. And yeah. and I, I kind of I love that about it, that right. you're a team. Right. And that's just the mm-hmm. way it is. And yet we have such a generous room because somebody will say, oh, and this was like, you know, 30 years ago. Someone will say, remember when Tom came up with this line or when, remember when Steve or Gary came up with this line. Mm-hmm. So everybody would give people credit, you know, years later. We still remember yeah. some of the great lines. No, so, that's, that's, I have to say that, too. There, there have been many people on who have... Not their own lines, but we'll give credit. Oh, this was in my script, but so and so wrote this. Yeah. You know, because you you want to back up your fellow writer. Yeah, it was just a it's just such yeah. a special group of people. Yeah, and just, everyone's been so lovely to us. Yeah, well, you know, yeah. Diane cast a great group of actors, and she also cast a great group of writers. Uh, she could not have done a better job. Yeah, and I think that's something that makes it stand out. Is you see that. Yeah. You see that cohesiveness. You see the the fact that you can. It's not just one writer the entire time, and yet you have a certain tone and language and connection of, and I would say consistency of yeah. character. Well, that was because it's clearly a cohesive Diane room. and Corby really um, they gave everybody credit, but they they knew their show, and and I to this day can mm-hmm. tell Corby's um, even though it's cohesive, I you can tell different styles in each of the. Uh, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. episodes yeah. and you can tell Corby's style you can tell Diane's style um, so yeah everybody brought something to the table well you know it sort of reminds Literally. me it sort of reminds me of um, <clears throat> Jack Benny there was this story that some reporters or someone and I'm sure it's you know exaggerated a bit but asked him well why do you let everyone else have the jokes and he said my name is on the show. Yeah. <laughs> I'm doing okay. Yeah. yeah. The the next day, people are going to go, hey, wasn't the Jack Benny show great? Yeah. I, I don't mind mm-hmm. giving credit to my ensemble because it's still my and show and I want the show to be successful. Mm-hmm. And I just, I love that. Yeah. I always said that, you know, if, if some actor got a lead in a show, he would be, it would be smart of him or her to go on the set of a Murphy Brown and see how Candace handles uh, her show or 
Kelsey Grammer or mm -hmm. Ted Danson. Mm -hmm. More times mm -hmm. than not, you're going to see very generous people who understand that. And Newhart, yeah. Bob Newhart was a master at it. Bob Newhart wanted other people to be funny. And... Um, and it pays off. Yeah. And sitcom is an ensemble medium, yeah. I feel. I mean, you're always going to have sort of mm -hmm. that lead in that head like a Candace or a Ted Danson. But in the end, it, mm -hmm. it's about the group. I think it just comes easily to it's, – well, it's situation comedy and yeah. situations happen with mm -hmm. other people. But It's also buffet, right? I mean, there's some people who are going to lean – watch the show because they lean more towards uh, Eldon. Mm -hmm. Or lean more mm -hmm. towards Corky for whatever reason, or certainly Candace. Um, so you have a little something for everybody. Yeah. Well, and also it's the you know it's it's shine theory. If one person shines, it hits starts hitting yes. everybody else, and it lifts the the whole up. And there is something to be said about there's a you can see when there's a show where there is the one shining person. And everyone else, quote unquote, is weaker. But the problem is, is that then there's this this panic that that person can never be yeah, off screen. That's right. Because if they're not there, then it doesn't work. And as opposed to this show where you don't, you get to see other people, you get to see other characters, you get excited when other characters start interacting because you're not going to lose quality exactly. or integrity. That being said, though, we were told, and I, I haven't 100% checked it, but I'm pretty sure that there's not one scene without Candace until season three or no season four which is a long yeah. way to go yeah and and that's my memory too that um you know we certainly did beats with other people and but either we were talking about murphy or murphy was in the scene it was uh mm -hmm. it was a, a bad trap because at some point it was just so much work for yeah Candace. and she had all these big oh, big chunky these huge monologues, monologues. yeah so, you know, mm -hmm. it, it eventually chipped away at her by after 10 years. I mean, it's going to chip away at anybody. But, um, but yeah, it became a trap because you did want to do a scene with, in fact, I remember saying, uh, I pitched an episode for Joe Regobuto, um, whatever the Frank Fontana episode was. And Diane said, the show is called Murphy Brown. <laughs> <laughs> and that yeah. Me it yeah. <laughs> It would, it would feel like a backdoor pilot, maybe. Yeah. We follow Frank as he goes home to New Jersey. And, and Frank had plenty to do, and he was such an integral part of this show. And uh, to me, Joe Ragobuto's laugh, even the yeah. This oh, yeah. redo that we did, his laugh mm -hmm. is everything to me. He just, um, mm -hmm. he just felt like Murphy Brown's best friend. Mm -hmm. Yeah. How was it writing for Lily Tomlin? Oh, it was so great. And she was great. She was so nice. Uh, I remember her coming up, and I wasn't the only one, but she would come up to you on the stage and say, how would you say this line? And I, you know, you're sort of thinking, wait a minute, this is Lily Tomlin, and she's testing me, or she doesn't like oh, it, or yeah. whatever the case might be. Oh. But she truly wanted to know how this line was meant to be read. She was so <sighs> kind and so talented and so terrified. She terrified was really? in, out of her element, and you know uh, she became very emotional at times. Not angry, but just very scared. Um, but you mm -hmm. never, you never saw it on air. Uh, and wow. she, I, I loved that character. I learned Me something too. about a character like that. Originally, we wanted them to be Murphy and I forgot her character's Kay, 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 Kay Carter Shepley. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> yeah. 
we wanted them to be sort of the wily coyote and roadrunner and it doesn't work in a show at some point yeah. these two people have to be uh have to like each other so i remember joni yeah. marchenko and i wrote an episode in the 10th season of um Murphy unable to sleep because of chemotherapy. Yes. And um, mm-hmm. and it, the entire episode took place on the phone. And it was a way for us to bond uh, Candace and and Lily, who actually loved each other in mm-hmm. real life. Uh, but yeah. Kay and Murphy bonded, I think, in that episode. Uh, you know, everybody did out of the goodness of, her, of their heart. Yeah, if I she think- had to stay awake, then they would all, you know, stay awake with her. Um, There's also a great scene um, at the beginning of season ten when she really pushes Murphy to get the mammogram. Yes, that I think mm-hmm. that's a small little bonding. moment And she also them. stood in for Murphy, right when they were trying to sneak Murphy in past the that's right, uh, yeah. paparazzi. Oh, you, yeah. you, you took advantage <laughs> yeah. of Lily Tomlin in that. Season, oh yes, if I may say, there's also an episode where she um, uh, they do a sting at a grocery store. And yes. she's like the cheese lady with a wig. Oh, that's right. And it's like I've got a picture mm-hmm. I'll show you after we're yeah. done here of her dressed up as a man. And yes, she did that too. You know, yeah. I've got the picture yeah. right here, and and it's just a, a she, she's standing with our one of our writers, Janice Hirsch, uh, oh, as God. this I forgot whatever the character's name was. Uh, she was so great. And then you know after the show, she'd go with us to the smokehouse, and we'd have martinis, and uh, so she socialized as well. And then I had the greatest thing happen to me. Uh, she had a one-woman show in Los Angeles. Uh, Gary Donzig and I went. And then we were invited to the after party, my first and probably my last is this, after is this, party. Did she do Search for Signs of Intelligent Life? Yes. Okay. I, I love saw that it before. show. Yeah, I saw it in New York when she did the sort of revival of it, and it, it changed my life. Yes. It's such a great show. It, it really was amazing. Amazing. Yeah. So we were standing there after the... Show is over at the after party, and she comes either up or down the staircase with Gordon Davidson, the uh, artistic director of the Taper Forum. Mm-hmm. And she comes, it was mm-hmm. like something out of a movie. She comes down the stairs, everybody's applauding, and then she runs over to me, whispers in my ear, and says, Don't leave. And then just goes about her business. And so later in the day, in the oh. night, we, we talked, and I'm thinking, this will never happen. It never did happen to me again. <laughs> Usually leave. That's so nice to hear. I've I've heard nothing but lovely things about yeah. Lily Tomlin. She's she definitely fun. a hero of mine. And mine too. It's that person you don't want to hear a bad story about. You're so nervous. No, yeah. and I don't think you ever will. And how great was she in all the uh, Robert Altman films? Yes. Oh, that's, that's where I love her most. She's so versatile. That's oh the amazing thing. And I... I have to say that I, mm-hmm. I mean, I grew up watching Nine to Five and The Incredible Shrinking Woman. Oh yes, but it really wasn't until after Murphy Brown when I saw this one woman show that it that her the breath of her career really sort of hit me. Mm-hmm. Um, I saw how much I could learn from her, and the funny thing was that I went to see it because I was in grad school and I was reading the review in Time Out New York and it said every acting student should see this and I went okay like I I just listened to what it had to say got a discount (laughs) ticket uh, went with a friend of mine who was also like one of her favorite plays and we met Lily after you know we waited we did the stage door and um, she was so generous considering that we were strangers yeah 
Yeah. She's just a warm person. Yeah, that's that's mm-hmm. the impression that I got. So it's nice to know that that's actually who she is because you obviously know her and I do not. Well, I haven't <laughs> seen her since, <laughs> but I do remember her giving me a little Edith Ann doll and signing it. So Aww. I've got that at home, this cute little orange hatted doll Ooh. with Lily Tomlin mm-hmm. written on the belly. <laughs> I will say my, my love affair with Lily Tomlin began with 9 to 5 because my family loves that movie, but... For me personally, I believe yeah. started with big well, business. Big business is I don't know why did I not mention it. It is a classic. Because it's a cl- it's just I still to this day do the thing that she does with her bracelet on her wrist where she pretends <laughs> that it's a rattler and they go. Tss, tss. It's just some of the best physical comedy. It's so subtle. She's an I mean obviously Bette Midler's incredible as well, but also <laughs> Bette Midler, Lily Tomlin. Oh yeah, both are we're on Murphy Brown. Yeah, Queens technically yep. now recurring characters yep. because of the revival. Yeah. Yeah, I yep. loved that in that very first. That was such a treat. One, I, uh, I forgot now. I think it was. She was in the finale originally. Yeah. Yes. Oh, mm-hmm. it was the finale. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, she was she Murphy's was... last mm-hmm. secretary in the original. The way run. she held her hands and yeah, the, just the little oh, details. The best. Oh god. Yeah, and something claws. really amazing being in the studio when she came back <laughs> was they showed they started showing to the audience the sort of a bunch of secretaries. Just I guess to get us all like excited and riled up, and this time they included Bet, and I and I I I knew well I knew she was coming, uh, and no one else really did. I'm sure some people did, but most in the audience, and so I was like, oh okay, that's there to remind people. But when she walked out, I was all ready to applaud, and no one else was because of the shock. Yeah. Like, oh, that can't actually be yes. Bette Midler. And I'd never seen it before where there was a pause yeah. before she got entrance applause <laughs> because people just, I think, couldn't believe that, like, yeah, Bette how Midler. How's it possible, right? Yeah, but she got applause on the video right yeah. away. <laughs> it was really interesting mm-hmm. to see. And Yvonne <laughs> and I went to see her in Hello, Dolly, and it's the oh, same so sort of I. thing. I mean, yeah. there's just this firepower that oh, my you gosh. just can't teach anybody. Yeah, I've seen her live shows since yep. 1993. Yeah, it's just quite amazing. I remember being a page yeah. at NBC in I saw her in a live show. Mm-hmm. And I remember her, them, uh, her and David Bowie get into a fake champagne fight together at the rap party. So, <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, so that was, what, 1979? Of course. That is such a specific yeah. snapshot of a time period right there. The, uh, even more so <laughs> if, like, Andy Warhol was, like, right next to them. Yeah, I mean, it was about that time. Yeah, right? yeah. <laughs> yes. I feel like it's our Studio 54. It was that whole bunch. Well, I mean, if people are feeling nostalgic for some classic bet, HBO currently has both Big Business and Beaches I know what available. I'm doing after this. So if you just want to go down, down that hole, which Beverly I did the Hills. other day. I was just it's recommending that to someone. That's what I want to see oh, again. So there, there is a young person so at my job. Good. I'm digressing so much. Sorry. Um, and he loves movies. A young person and. At my job. I have been re- sending him recommendation lists because he's so much younger than me. Mm-hmm. Um, everything from Bull Durham. Yeah. And I, I, we were talking about certain things and he confused oh, so Richard Dreyfus with someone. And I was like, and I said, well, no, you have to watch. No. Listen, if we're talking about Richard Dreyfus, you need to watch Down Now in Beverly Hills. Of course, he had never heard of it. And then I had to go through the whole thing. Well, this is a movie that started Touchstone. He's like, oh, you've spoken about Touchstone. <laughs> like I'm teaching him about the history of, uh, of 1990s uh, film. Uh, it was. It's pretty hilarious, but yeah, he, he'll come oh back goodness. to me and go, "Okay, so I watched Soap Dish. I didn't like it." It's like, okay, so now we get yeah. you don't like the over-the-top comedies. We're gonna take those off the list. But it's. Gr- <laughs> but the thing is, I. I mean, <laughs> anyway. I don't want to make a joke out of this, also because I love the fact that I can go, "Hey, here's something that meant a lot to me as a child, and it's not your fault mm-hmm. that you don't know it. So here, 
Oh, yeah. I love sharing things that I'm excited about with other people. I have that problem where I tend to only want to share things that I love because I know that it's really good and I have to be willing to receive more I, was, I thought you were going to say, I, I feel like what <laughs> uh, I have to be is be okay when they come back and they don't like it. Uh, but I think <laughs> we're running out of time soon. So is there any season two mm-hmm. memories that you can think of or? I think for me, and I don't, I can't speak for Tom, my biggest memory is a bad memory. I wonder why. Tom and I left the show after the second season because we were having a blast mm. and it was a show you could be proud of. And I look back thinking, what were we thinking? I know why we did it. Mm-hmm. You know, I know that Paramount, you know, offered us money and Tom and I were partners. So we only made half of what other people were making in the room. I know that part of it. Yeah, that always surprised me but when I found that out. it was such short thinking it was it was just a bad bad move because mm-hmm. coming back in the eighth season felt so good and and then we were not going to leave mm-hmm. again until we drove the show into the ground and then to finally cap it off with uh the whole breast cancer season was such an important mm-hmm. really milestone for television because mm-hmm survivors appreciated yes. it mammograms went through the roof and you understood the power of television mm-hmm. and murphy only murphy brown could have done that so uh you know i don't beat myself up anymore but i used to beat myself up quite a bit that we you know we had a good thing and we just said um i think we can do this on our own and we just mm-hmm. were not prepared for that so um yeah that's that that's my memory How, do you have any memories <laughs> of the of the Emmy experience? That was great because, yes, since Tom and I were out the door, it was either now or never. And uh, I I don't know if we all believe we were actually going to win because I think Frazier was just taking that Emmy every single year. No, Well, Frazier didn't start <laughs> until 93, I think. Oh. So it wouldn't what be show? in competition with you. I mean, I can look it up if you yeah, want. Yeah, I don't know, and it, it certainly wasn't wasn't Cheers, was it? And it would it would be. I mean, Cheers would definitely have been. Yeah, maybe Cheers yeah. then. It might have been Cheers, especially because you have yeah. the yeah, Frasier how you're connection. It. it probably um, was Cheers. But I just remember it was fun to put on a tux, go downtown to Los Angeles, and get a tux, and uh, and just the mm-hmm. whole night was fantastic. Being with a group of writers that you just love. And to share the night with, and of course, we're all very competitive and we wanted to win. And all of a sudden, we did win. And uh, we're up on the stage. And all I remember about being on the stage is after watching it on television, I remember seeing Corby let out this puff of air, uh, this this air of relief. You know, she just exhaled all the relief and she just stood there. She just could not believe they were on the stage collecting this Emmy. And it was an Emmy really truthfully shared with a group of people that that we couldn't have picked better people to to uh, share it with. Well, if I may say. The, so the only bad part was uh, Russ and his wife, Kath, and me and my wife, Gail, my first wife, um, I don't know what happened, but we didn't end up at the cool Murphy Brown table at the governor's ball. We ended up, for some reason, upstairs 
with a bunch of the relatives. I remember there was one grandfather on an oxygen tank at our table. And I don't know how we got up there. And I don't know why we didn't come down and say, we're going to sit with you guys. But we stayed up there. We had a good time um, while all the other writers were downstairs in the cool room. So, yeah. And then I remember Russ was so (laughs) upset about it. He went to steal either an ashtray or something off the table. And a waiter stopped him and said, I'm sorry, sir, you can't have that. So it was like the perfect end to an imperfect night. (laughs) Uh, So I looked it up. And this is who you were up against in 1989 for Outstanding Comedy Series. It was definitely Cheers, Designing Women, The Golden Girls, and The Wonder Years. Oh, wow. Yeah. That is that's a pretty darn good. myth of a category. Yeah. Dang. And all, uh, I, I mean, at that point, hadn't all of those been yeah, out for a while? Yeah, yeah. You were sort of the, you were kind of the yeah, newbie. Yeah, because Cheers was a, what in its, whatever it was, eighth 82, season? 82, I think Cheers started. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, all of those shows are yeah, classics I mean, before you came along. One of the greatest yeah. situation comedies. Oh uh, yeah. Um, so it was mm-hmm. either now or never, and so we were really, really hoping, leaving the show, going to Paramount, that we would end up walking away with the Emmy, and we all did. In fact, my That's wife amazing. Yvonne is home packing now, and uh, and so literally, as I was walking out the door, she was just uh, packing up my Emmy. Which I don't want to say, but it Aww. looks like a box of springs. This thing just fell apart. So thought, I've got to get it. I thought you could send it to like the Emmy doctor. And uh, they I don't it for think free. they do that anymore. Of course. That's so like, I think they'll give you a new uh, one for a couple hundred bucks. But uh, I don't think they're going to fix my. And I don't think I it's heard, fixable. I heard they used to fix it. Well, it's huge. I haven't that. seen it in a long time. It's a mm. really big and very, very dangerous award. I mean, this thing had those wings are so oh, sharp. Yeah. I'm surprised some sore winner didn't kill his spouse with it. Because oh. he literally, literally could kill somebody with this thing. It is so sharp. I always remember as a kid watching the Joan Rivers talk show, and they had the cast of The Young and the Restless on, and one of the actors had won, and they had put little Dixie cups on the wings because they said that he had accidentally like sat on it or oh, something. Yeah. And like it didn't pierce, but like oh, it really hurt. God. So oh, yeah. as a joke, they were like, we need to protect these, you know, yeah. I'm surprised they didn't change the design because that really looks, I got to say, it looks dangerous. But I couldn't remember. Yeah. It's been, it's big. Well, I, have I, just a, didn't, I haven't seen it in so long. I've never held one, but I, I felt one I up, which we talked about in our first episode. Uh, I went to yeah, the Actors yeah. Studio Drama School, and we used to get to go to the edit session for Inside the Actors Studio. And in the edit bay office, in a corner, was a sports Emmy. And I was afraid if I lifted it, it might set off an alarm. So I just decided to sort of feel around it, just to know what it felt like, like I was blind. Um and that's the closest I've been to an Emmy. Did it go? Mm. Uh, you know what? I don't know. I was silent about it. But I, I, I'm now. You now make me think that I've assaulted this Emmy, and that I, I feel awful. <laughs> I mean, I, I didn't want to say anything, but when you said you felt her up, <laughs> me too. Oh God! Uh, one of my one of my friends was <laughs> one of my friends was in the band's visit, and they won an Emmy for the cast performance on the Today Show, I think. Um, but she has pets, and so she just posted about having to put it on, like, the one kind of, uh, what is the, not wardrobe, but basically where they they turned an old wardrobe into, like, their bar cart, essentially. But she had to put it up on top of that because it's in the tallest spot so that no animal is getting punctured <laughs> by yeah. those wings because yeah. they're terrifying. <laughs> so, yeah. Any last questions, Jesse? 
No, you actually, you just filled my heart with all the Jimmy talk. That's pretty yeah. much all I ever want to talk about. And then, then to come back in the 10th <laughs> season and write more Jim stuff was really fantastic. It capped off mm -hmm. with my favorite episode of the entire run, which was Murphy and Jim getting high and discussing their friendship. Mm -hmm. oh, I mean, yeah. And that's when so we find good. out that, um, you know, he drove her to Betty Ford, which is so beautiful. Yeah. 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 I think it's one of the one of the best moments of it's definitely the best moment of their relationship that we see on screen and I definitely think one of the best relationship moments of the series is that I also speaking of future episodes and Jim things I'm very excited to get to talk about his novel because oh it's one of our favorite yeah, episodes that's season three yeah. you weren't there for that but it yeah but it's that would not have happened if you had not set yeah. the ground for Jim. You know, like nobody would have thought of that had you not created the nuance and goofiness yeah. of this character he, that we he, have. You find out that he's in love with Murphy, actually, um, which is not something you mm -hmm. thought would, would, would come from. Uh, the. Cause mm -hmm. I don't know if you watched it when you left, but <laughs> uh, he writes this novel and there's a character in it. It's a spy novel, which makes sense for Jim. And there's a character in it as this sort of, you yep. know, a uh, reporter type who becomes sort of the love interest. And everyone goes, it's you, Murphy. And she goes, no, no, of course not. It's you. And then they realize that it's her. Uh, Doris is pretty sure that it's her. And then he confesses that he must have this sort of un... un oh, that's so You know, underlying un unrequited love. But he also realizes mm -hmm. that it's really not what he thinks it is because then he starts listing all of her faults yeah. and how terrible the relationship mm -hmm. would be between the two of them, uh, which also leads to one of my favorite lines, which is Murphy goes, great, I'm now going to go and uh, uh, look at myself under fluorescent light. <laughs> <laughs> yep. He tells her how terrible she is and he's like, oh, this is great. I'm going to go home to my wife now. <laughs> yeah, I feel terrible. He's like, this is awesome. But I think that's that's a credit that I don't think often happens for for the writers, when we talk about, you know, creating these characters, when we talk about the fact that Russ created Jerry before uh, Jerry was actually on screen, like we have to give a lot of credit to those of you who started the creation and the foundations of these characters who first put it in our minds, because yeah. we wouldn't yeah. get those later episodes yeah. without that, without that foundation. And that's what's so great about Jim is he was given so much love in these first two seasons, especially season two, when we get a lot of these juicier moments, that is what catapults him into the later yeah, seasons and we get those moments. You couldn't have the novel have without, without Roasted. No. Mm -hmm. And and without Jim or Charlie playing it the way he did, you wouldn't have had Miller Redfield, which turned into a, such a great character. Yeah, I had forgotten. I mean, if it was played any other way, gold. I don't know if Miller Redfield <laughs> would have existed. No, we mm -hmm. talked about that too, that Miller no. is... Just a awful talking head, and you know yeah. Chris Rich gives him such oh. life. Yeah, Chris was so good. <laughs> he's, he's I love awful. how terrible he is. And really, if you think about it, Jim, of all of them, Jim is the base of FYI and news in Murphy Brown, and had really the most balanced life. Yeah, and then it started to mm -hmm. go downhill. Mm -hmm. You had the you know anxiety ridden executive producer. You have the alcoholic um, uh, newswoman. Uh, Did you guys yeah. ever discuss why Jim didn't have kids? It never dawned on me until the rewatch. Yeah, I don't remember. Oh yeah, no one has kids, which is also rare. Yeah, to see that you know there is uh -huh. another choice in life. Yeah, um, but recently I don't know why I've been thinking. Oh, I wonder. 
why he doesn't. Yeah, I don't remember if we ever touched on that. Let's go back and do it. Okay. It's not too late. We can do it with that podcast. Yeah, I'm available to be Jim's daughter. All right. I mean, wouldn't it be? It would be a really cool podcast. You have Murphy Brown, the podcast, and just do things, do episodes you never could afford on television. Yeah, I'm yeah, in. We're you good. Know? And it'd be I'm a lot on. easier. We don't have to worry about makeup or <laughs> oh, wardrobe. Yeah. That's my favorite part of podcasting. Oh, me too. We all don't have to be in the same room the way we did it on the Rugrats. Yeah. And, you know, um, we could just do and mm-hmm. just really have really, and, and we could be longer than 21 minutes so we could tell a full, real full yeah. story. I mean, yeah. there are a lot of, there's a show on Netflix that is not any set time. And I feel like that's going to be kind of the norm. One episode's 19 minutes, one episode's 20. Yeah, yeah. which I love. Yeah. You know, one mm-hmm. one is fifteen. It's just minutes. whatever you need to tell the story. I mean, my new yeah. favorite show is Fleabag. Fleabag. Mm-hmm. Fleabag is, is the best. I love I mean, that uh, show. You look oh. at Fleabag, and then you look at, especially network comedies, mm. and it's like a whole other universe. Mm-hmm. She yeah. is so fantastic, and Killing oh, Eve yeah. as well. Yeah, she's so talented. Where these oh, I love stories Killing just Eve. literally unfold, oh. and you can't, and it's not even based on a, a strong narrative. You don't know where she's coming from mm-hmm. for the longest time until what, halfway through the pilot. Uh, I don't know how many times yeah. I've watched each episode of Fleabag. Every time I get on the elliptical, I'm watching Fleabag. It's so good. I just think it's so That's magical. It's so great. I would and say, you start hearing things you never heard before. I would say, you yeah. just in, notice things you never saw before. You love Fleabag mm-hmm. the way that we love and watch Murphy Brown. <laughs> yeah. Uh, maybe I'll have a Fleabag, uh, <laughs> Fleabag <Yeah>. podcast. <laughs> In fact, Sorry, I don't know if you've noticed, podcast. but every time I put I a picture on Instagram, Sorry, I hashtag uh, Phoebe Waller-Bridge. Nobody's ever said, why do you do that? But She's the, uh, I yeah, think it's at funny. first I thought there was... I, I don't. I think everyone yeah. agrees yeah, that exactly everything should right. be hashtag. I looked for rhyme and reason at the beginning, and I thought, is there a pun that I'm missing? Is there no. anything? And then I was like, no, he's just doing it every time. And she's just, just she's just right up my no, alley. I just, I yeah. just love this character. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, and I love the fact that um, I would, she apparently loves death. I'm looking at the uh, Grim Reaper up there, and um, she just she <laughs> she just comes from a place that I just so uh, connect with. So. Um, I mean, I, I don't know how you do it better than that second season of Fleabag. It's just amazing to me. Yeah. Well, she doesn't want to, <sighs> apparently. So. Yeah. Which I think is such a great, a- another way of disrupting the form. Yes. Uh, which I, I do have to give credit where it's due. That's something that Ricky Gervais brought up years ago with The Office and Extras, that he wants to stop after two seasons while it's high. Right. And not In a way, Seinfeld was a disruptor. Mm-hmm. It, it did things differently. I think that things like Fleabag, like Killing Eve, these things that are, I mean, I hate to use the phrase character driven because I think so. it's become a bit of a, a trope to say that, but these things that start there first and then yes. and then let the plot catch up, it's the same uh, reason why I talk a lot about yeah. Loving Shit's Creek um, for a very similar reason is that they just, they pick these characters and they throw them in and they yeah, let them a- figure out what's happening. And you get that feeling of everybody's just on the ride. I mean, it's basically every Tarantino <laughs> film, right? He just uh, he just puts mm-hmm. one foot in front of the other and just starts writing. And he lets his characters decide mm-hmm. which direction to go. It's just magical. It's way, the way novelists work, for the most mm-hmm. part. Yeah. Yeah. So. You're lovely. This is lovely. Thank well, you so thank much you for coming. Thank <laughs> you very much. <laughs> what I really want to do is uh, do animation, so... I'll use this time to show off. You can do your reel right here on our show. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, why not? Got the space. It was just great. I'm just so proud of you guys. Aw. 
This is so much fun. <laughs> Thanks, Noah. I just want to say, we and we've said this to each other, and I think maybe even on the pod when we uh, spoke about going to the taping. I'm sorry, the filming. Filming, right? We don't say taping anymore because it's not tape. <laughs> That's right. Corby I'm, got mad at us. It's filming. Because it's not tape. Although, quite, but was the revival on, <laughs> di- was it digital or was sure. it? Yeah. So that uh, that's one thing that threw me was she was telling us from the original. So I don't it's, even know what we would call it now. But yeah, I was. I, and it's because it's really not tape recording. either anymore. Yeah. But I, I always said filming to be respectful yeah. because I wanted to make Corby happy. Yeah. And proud. <laughs> filming sounds better, right? Yes. So, like, I love when old actors called movies some, pictures. Oh, yes. I love that. Pictures? Yes. In the pictures. <laughs> but something we t- we spoke about is the fact that you have always been a very special light to us as um, as a guest and as somebody who has um, been so supportive of this podcast and meeting you in person and just, you are a light. We're very happy that we got to have you back. Oh, I'm just so happy. I'm so glad it came in because it's so different. It's so so nice to be here. Yeah. So when you finally do get mm-hmm. up to uh, episode uh, or uh, season 10, I'm going to fly in yeah. oh, and yay. be here in person again. I will too. And listen, if you, you want to come on and talk with us about an episode that is not a se- I mean, that might be interesting. It's yeah. up to you. I don't want to put you on the spot. No, but I, I, I do you my best thinking of- when I'm sitting in a... In a uh, because I did remember that on, uh, and I'm sorry, we're back going backwards again. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I remember how we got Major Dixon's name in Miles' Big Adventure. And that was only because I was sitting at the writer's table and there's a Dixon Ticonderoga <laughs> pencil sitting there. We're looking for a name. And I said, what about Major <laughs> Dixon? Either to Tom or the room. I don't remember. But, ah. um, so I'll give some thought to the other episodes that you're doing and then we'll yeah, do Yeah, I think distance. it might be interesting to see your thoughts on something that you weren't initially involved in but are the characters. I mean, I know sometimes okay. it's hard like yeah. Aaron Sorkin can't watch, you know, uh anything past the seasons he wrote on West Wing. Yeah. Like I, I get if it's difficult, so I don't want to put you on the spot, but that might be fun. Yeah, it would be fun. Yeah. Yeah, you get very mm-hmm. uh sad in a way when you start seeing certain things that you know your characters wouldn't say yeah, or do. Yeah. That I feel like that probably would be yeah. for me the hardest. I mean, I think Corby always said mm-hmm. that no show should go past four seasons, but uh, <laughs> I don't necessarily agree with that. But five or six is probably the limit when, when it comes to these things. Yeah, but I'm yeah. so glad that you did at least have the 10th season. Because oh, for the 10th sure. season was mm-hmm. just so wonderful. And so to have everything it did. To, to stay on long enough to get there. Oh, I so agree. I think it was worth it. Because I think Candace yeah. would have called it quits in the ninth season. And uh, and I remember getting that call. Yeah. And, and she sa- said, you know, if I do come back, would you guys consider coming back? And then we talked about the breast cancer episode. And um, thank God. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's, to me, that's what television should yeah, like be you about. Said, mm-hmm. Sometimes I just think it's this glorified mm-hmm. nightlight. And um, we can do so much more with this. And we're starting to see it a little bit with things like Fleabag, mm-hmm. where you can mm-hmm. literally talk about uh, issues and touch people. Yeah. And instead of having mm-hmm. these mindless, I can't believe there's still some of these situation comedies still on television. Yeah. Well, and like you did with the, the breast cancer storyline. I mean, and why it's, it's such a brilliant medium that those we get are to the moments that time, you know, that thank God for Diane and for Candace about television because, and why, yeah. and why it's such a brilliant medium that we get to ha- take the time to delve into these topics. And you know, thank God for a Diane and for Candace because we, Tom and I, pitched that idea to Tony Jonas, who was running Warner Brothers at the time, and he was not going to hear. And I understand it. How can you equate comedy with cancer? But that's what television should. Yeah 
be about? I mean, we're mm -hmm. getting into everybody's living room mm -hmm. and bedrooms. We should be talking about things that they can relate to do you, do and you, fear. Yeah. yeah. Do you feel that a lot changed when Diane came back? Because I know she was just a consultant. She wasn't there every day. Um, I don't know. I can't draw the line anymore because the show was on for so long. Yeah. And we and the 10th season was such an aberration mm -hmm. that um, I just, you know, nobody knows the show better than Diane. I yeah. mean, that was her baby. I mean, you forget how well she knows her show when we came back this time around. It was just like, it was just like part of her DNA. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, it literally is mm -hmm. her DNA. Um, mm -hmm. But it's hard to yeah. answer that question now because uh, everything changed so much from the first or second season to the 10th season. So I don't even know how you can equate that. Yeah. You can mostly tell the seasons based on everyone's hair. Yeah. Especially Corby's. And by that, I mean Corky. <laughs> Guys. Thank you, Norm. I'm so was, glad we uh, It was worth coming in. Yay, I'm glad. All right. Yeah. The show has to come back again. It's <laughs> fine. We're we're fine with it. Yeah. So we, we're, <laughs> we can we're, do that on the podcast, by the way. Well, listen. If, exactly. If you can't get your own podcast idea going we would be more than happy to bring the cast in and do a new episode for the podcast that actually yes. would be a I really mean, cool podcast sure that would be yes. a really I, cool I'll, podcast. I'll be props <laughs> yeah <laughs> and i'll be what working. do you do i do props it's a million dollar idea here guys <laughs> um but we're only in here till nine so it is now 904 yeah so we have to get out of here unfortunately well thank you guys it was great I feel like we're le leaving on a down note. But, yeah, seriously. Uh, <laughs> uh, I can Cut always this part out. I can always yeah, <laughs> just edit this out and we'll just end on the but I'll yeah. just do some singing. Yellow bird. Yes. <laughs> we just got our bumper. <laughs> yes, we did.